Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I'm John Shirky here with my friend, my co-host, Jamie Wagner. Jamie, good to see you. You as well. Uh, we get to dive into the deep end in a, in a wrestling conversation today. My which favorite. Always, my favorite. It makes my heart happy. But, you know, I mean, we don't talk wrestling really like it's all the same right we we say this over and over and over again it doesn't matter who we're talking to it doesn't matter what sport we're addressing it doesn't matter if we're talking to people outside in the business world parents whatever it might be all of this stuff is applicable ned ned shuck who's our guest today mentions a book 10 minute toughness and certainly that talks a lot about athletic application of mental skill development uh it's just application of mental skill development. Remove that athlete thing. If you want a good book to challenge you, check it out because it's going to grow you, you know, and um, it was, it's really cool for me to have had this conversation. We dive in a little bit to, to his and my relationship. I got to coach with him early on in the process, um, but what an, what an amazing gift he gave us coming and chatting with us today. No, it's fun to have people on that mean so much to us as individuals and us as coaches. And that was very clear, you know, when you're introducing him and you're talking about the impact that he had for you, it's, it's, it's just an awesome conversation when you can have that with somebody that means so much to you. So it was cool to have you guys go back and forth as much as, you know, everyone listening knows I know almost zero about wrestling. Like you said, it's not about wrestling. It's about life and how do we get better? Well, and, and the cool thing is, is like a lot of these conversations, these connections we have to people have been like relatively low level in our mind. Right. But then, you know, your wife's cousin is an NFL football player and he joined us on the podcast. We had, you know, a kid I used to coach is an all American at division three level. Like our coaches, people we connect with, you know, like you've, you've become friends with Daniel Jones, a division one volleyball coach. Ned is a division one wrestling coach. Who's done it at every level. It was a division one wrestler at Iowa, the Mecca for you know, collegiate wrestling for the longest time. And like they're pulling stuff from these places of extreme excellence, right? The highest levels. And we get to, you know, to us, they they feel like low level connections. They feel like, Oh, I've just known this person for forever. Well, they're pretty elite in their, in their own way. And they have amazing stuff to give us. And, and uh, we shouldn't minimize it in our own mind because it's cool but I would challenge all of you out there. Who are those people that you have connections to? Cause they're there. They really are. And you don't like, we have the, the means of this podcast to say, well, I want to connect with that person. I'm going to do that on purpose. Go be, go be purposeful about connecting with those people that are out there doing awesome things that you know, and can connect with. Cause you have some random thread to pull. Yeah. Just the power of conversation and just talking about what does it mean? to get better? What does it mean to work through the adversity or the different levels or roadblocks or all of those things? Just having conversations with people that are elite, Jamie, you said it. And Ned is certainly that and excited to bring you this conversation. Here we go. Ned Shuck, um, a cool opportunity for me. You were a mentor kind of sort of, we were, we 
crossed paths pretty early in my coaching experience. And I got to coach with you as a young coach right out of college. And you were a head high school coach at the time. Your path has gone a little crazy since then. You're now the head coach. You're going to have to help us with pronunciation here. Is it Bellarmine? Bellarmine. Yeah, Bellarmine. Bellarmine. Okay, Bellarmine University in Kentucky, um, a, a relatively new Division One wrestling program, and and we got tons of questions about that. But I'm just like to say thanks for joining us. Honor to have you because you taught me a lot early in the process about what it means to be a good coach. Yeah, man, excited to be here. Excited to be with you guys and and, and talk a little bit today. You know, you you brought up uh, you know some past history a long time ago. You know, that was young in my coaching career too. You know, we're we're pretty close in age, but it was a fun time, man. It was, uh, it was a lot of, a lot of fun kind of kicking the, you know, the dust up from a, you know, program there and getting things rolling, uh, as well. And having to be a part of that was really cool. Yeah. And, and we met kind of in high school, we knew each other cause you're from a similar area, wrestled in the same club as me. Wait, 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 two wrestlers. You knew each other in high school. <laughs> We're in the same conference, yeah. actually, which is kind of crazy. We saw each other a lot, but didn't really know each other. And, and you know, we went to Virginia Beach with the high school national team and got to connect there. And I was like, I, I want to be around what you're doing. The thing I would have to say to anybody that's listening out there about Ned is Ned is literally the best technical coach I have ever been around in any sport. When it comes to technique, you understand what it takes to execute in a way that is is hard to put into terms for anybody that's listening. My question is that we know that that creates an edge and it creates a tremendous advantage, but it's not enough, right? That technical, right. formal technical training isn't enough. That's right. What things have you added since we've been together as a coach <laughs> that has that has really leveled up to get you to a place where you're coaching Division One wrestling process? Yeah, man, a, a, there's a lot that's been added for sure. But I, I, what you mentioned about the technical positional stuff, you know, for me as a young coach, I thought really that's what it was all about. You know, like getting out of college, I was like, man, I know wrestling. And I, I was very confident, obviously, given my background. I was just a really big student of the sport, you know, since I was a little kid. So from that side of things, I was really confident in what I was going to be able to offer at that time, high school athletes right, uh, in terms of their development and knowing the drills, knowing the things that would take, not just knowing the specific technique to do, but knowing the things that we could do in training to develop, you know, that actual skill that would apply in the live wrestling type of situation. But, um, you know, what I've gone to, to learn now, you know, uh, 39 years young, you know, that um, now as a Division One head coach, like, it's important. You, you have to have it. You, you need to have that if you're going to keep developing. But I mean, if it's five, it's 10% of what, you know, the important thing of, of, of being a college, you know, division one head coach, that, that might be, that might be a stretch to be honest with you. There's just so much more that goes into it. Um, I, you know, my background being from the university of Iowa and wrestling, you know, around, you know, Dan Gable wasn't our, my head coach at the time, but, he's known as, you know, from the wrestling world, probably as the, as the best coach to ever live. And, um, and I would say in any sport, but I'm a little biased, you know, so I, and I don't know all the other sports, but you know, what he was able to do during his coaching career, um, was pretty incredible. And, and I, I'm still learning things from him, but you know, what I think I've continued to learn 
um, as I get older and older, older and have more experience is that, man, you really got to know your athletes. And he was just a master at knowing them in and out and knowing what those guys needed and um, really not just knowing what they needed, but knowing also how to use that information to help them get where they need to be. Right. And, and, you know, motivation is probably a word that gets thrown around a little too much. Um, I think, but, uh, but really just buying into them, getting them to believe in what he thought of them and where he thought he could take them. And, and so that's something that, uh, has gone to, but man, I've learned a lot, man, everything from administrative type work to, you know, the things I just mentioned, you know, to, you know, scheduling strategies, all, I mean, there's all kinds of different things that go into it, but at that time, man, it was so, I was young and just want to jump right into it and we're going to work our butts off. And, and, and we did, man, we worked really hard and uh, we spent a lot of time in the room and guys bought in the high school kids bought in right away. They got fired up about it. Um, some of those guys are still having a ton of success. Uh, and I still love touching base with those guys you know, I can. And that kind of goes back to, again, hey, we do all these things together and all these technical stuff, all this stuff together, but really it's, it's a relationship business, you know, and ultimately those are the relationships I still, I mean, I cherish the most, right. When you're, when your time as a competitor coach relationship is over because they've moved on as graduated or whatever it may be. But, uh, you know, now you're getting to attend weddings, you're, you know, you're, you're following their career and their families like that for me is um, probably the most fulfilling part of being a coach. And, uh, you know, just go back to, yeah, man, it's a relationship deal. And I've learned that more and more, you know, as I've gone as a, into my career. Amy, I love interviewing coaches because there's no shortage of ability to talk and talk about their athletes and their programs. And I, I just love it, man. But so Ned, Okay. There's a ton in there of that thing that you just said. So I want to take you back to, you said maybe 5% is the technical side now. Right. First of all, I think if you're looking at what, where you're going to start, if it's technical or the strategic or all the other stuff, right. You said, Hey, I started out, I'm going to work our butt off and we're going to get after it. That I yep. think from my perspective is much more the way to go because now you have the foundation. You can learn the other stuff. If you just go in saying, hey, we're going to do all this cool random stuff and we're not going to have a foundation, the success rate, I think, is much lower. But that being Sorry. said, what what sorts of things um, are you guys doing, you know, outside of the technical piece to develop those relationships, to get to know your athletes, to understand what they need, where they want to go or where they need to go? What sorts of things are you and or your staff doing to, to kind of foster yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of back and forth that happens within the training time, right? Where you're, you're getting to know them as an athlete and what they want, you know, out of their, um, out of their experience there. But uh, you really, you, you, that's a shallow part of, of what it is all really about for them. Ultimately, you know, spending time with them off, you know, off the training field for us, the mat, you know, I think is really key. So you're looking at, you know, hey, spending times that you're hanging out, they're all hanging out with the team, you know, at your house or, you know, we're grilling out, you know, doing some tailgating type of stuff, whatever. And you're spending time and getting to know their interests, right? You know, you're finding out things that are important to them. We talk a lot about personal mastery, you know, and really fit for them, me trying to figure out that and helping them figure it out, right? Like the, the closer we can get to a level of personal mastery for each of us, 
um, the better, the better we're going to be. So, so you know, for, for people listening who might not be familiar with that, just tell us a little bit about personal mastery and what that means to you guys. Yeah. So, um, there's a lot that goes into it, but the foundation, like you were talking about before is key, right? So really who you are as a man, you know, I'm Russ, I'm coaching males, you know, so who you are as a man and what's most important to you, right? What are you hoping to get out of this life? What is wrestling your sport? What is that going to do? Cause you know, the grand scheme of things in college and these guys are going to be with me for four or five years and then they're done. Right. Um, maybe going on to compete for Olympic and, and national level type stuff. You know, we have one athlete that, you know, uh, Jamie and I got to, you know, coach is still, he's, you know, he's made three world teams now. And so he's looking on to compete, but for the ma- the vast majority, they're not going to do that. And so what does that mean for them? What are they looking to do down the line? You know, what do they want out of this life? You know, there's a lot of, uh, teaching of gratitude, right. You know, figure out what, what's, what are they, what should they be grateful for? What are they grateful for having those conversations so that they can experience the things in the moment, right. Um, appreciate the things that are happening in the moment and ultimately, you know, kind of directing their path. Where do they, where do they want to go? What do they want changed in their life? You know, I still have things that I want a lot changed in my life. You know, not that I have a, I don't have a crappy life. I have a great life. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful, but ultimately, you know, there's things that I want to, uh, to do and experience more. There's things that I want my family to do and helping these guys connect with those things, I think is really key. Um, helping them think a little bit long-term instead of just, uh, you know, the short-term thing. I think those are key. And I want to ask you about your most recent experience prior to being at Bellarmine. You're at Army West Point, right? Yep. And that place draws the elite of the elite in a lot of ways. How did you see that personal mastery thing in those young men? Because you guys had a ton of success while you're there. You know, you're getting seven, I think it's seven national qualifiers multiple years, you know, 10 weights, yeah. seven national qualifiers in a tough league. Like you guys are doing really cool things. They're not just having success on mat though. They're going to go and lead men in battle in combat as well. How how are you learning from your athletes? Not just at West point. I suppose that's the the, kind of where the question starts, but just in general, you're learning from young men that are doing things at a really high level too. What's, what's that process like for you? Yeah. So those guys, um, you know, it's, it's pretty cool because you're right. They are the elite of the elite. You know, at the same time, they're still kids, yeah. you know, and so it was really cool um, to just kind of dive into that a little bit. Right. Like I know that they've they've thought about long term more so maybe than most typical college kids. They understand what their commitment is afterwards and why they're they're there, obviously, to win wrestling matches. But, you know, beyond that, they're going to be serving our country, you know, in whatever capacity. And so that connection with them was, it was easier to, to kind of pull on that long-term, you know, vision, you know, and, and I haven't really brought this up yet, but we had a lot of really strong Christians on, on the team. Right. And for me, like, there's no better way to, uh, to kind of gauge and um, connect with long-term when you're talking about eternity. Right. And so for them, uh, for that group of guys that I knew, Hey, these guys are, you know, have committed their lives to Jesus and are, are into that. Well, then it's easy, right? Yeah. We can talk long-term all day. You know, the, the final score is already, already determined. We've already won. And so like, we just get to, 
we get to wrestle and perform for something that's bigger than ourselves, not just bigger than our country, but for, for our God, you know? And so from that side of things, you know, it's easier to connect with those guys and the guys that maybe weren't quite committed to that yet, or still dabbling in the water. It's a little bit more difficult to be honest with you because they're still, they're trying to figure it out, you know, and they're maybe trying to do things for themselves, you know, or, Hey, we're doing things for the country, but, trying to draw that connection my, i'm wearing a singlet wrestling matches for my country like <laughs> i know i'm representing you know what i mean it's just not nearly yeah. as close where you when you when you have a foundation you know in your faith and that's your connection um that's super easy right and then the, the level of personal mastery is like well that's easy man that, there's only one master you know and and we're just trying to strive to get to that and and so there's a lot of discussions that, that go along the lines with that but that that's really, you know, when you have those tough moments and in, in a sport like wrestling and other sports is always, you know, there's, you know, you're going to have tough moments and you're going to have moments where it's like, maybe you just want to back down a little bit and you're, you know, the negative part of your mind is, is taken over a little bit and doubt or whatever, that type of stuff creeps in when you have faith as your background. Well, that's, it's pretty easy to destroy that, you know, absolutely just with a, a slight reminder, a slight cue maybe, or, or whatever that you, you know, you come up with. And that's, and that those are some of the little, you know, specific strategies, something I, I did since my time in high school was just, you know, getting some mental cues for them to get back to their mental, mental side uh, of things where, you know, physiologically, you know, what they're thinking, feeling, all those things, you know, would be. Is that unique by wrestler? Is that each individual wrestler you're, you're looking sure. for a specific cue? Okay. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and you want it to be, they need to take ownership and instead of me telling what it is, right. It needs to be something they come up with, you know, after we've had those discussions about what is our peak mental state, right. What is, what is our strategy that we're going to use when we, when we over, when we get to the point where, Hey, doubts creeping in, or you don't think you're enough, or this guy's this, and I'm going to be wrestling him. And what happens if, right. You know, all those, all those negative things that, you know, the reality is we all think about um, how do you go about kind of attacking that and, um, you know, overcoming it in the moment before you step on, on the mat. And so you, so you can perform at your highest level. So, but when you, like I said, when you can, when you can tie that to, to your faith, man, it's just so much easier to, to overcome than if you don't have that, you know. You have coached at all, all different levels and we, we didn't really get into your coaching resume and, if you want to, sure. we certainly can. But otherwise, if you are interested, go check him out. He's on online all over the place, and it's pretty incredible. So go look it up. But, Ned, you, you've coached at all, all different levels. And you kind of mentioned some stuff that I think Jamie and I certainly encounter working with youth athletes, high school athletes all the time of the doubt creeping in. The I'm not good enough. I'm wrestling. I'm playing. I'm whoever is across the, the competition from us and struggling right. with that. And it just, just reminded me, because I think sometimes we get caught up thinking, well, at the division one level, this kind of stuff doesn't happen at the elite levels, this kind of stuff doesn't happen. And so as we get further down the road, it's like, no, I shouldn't be having these thoughts, these feelings, these emotions. And you said it best. You said we all experience that no matter where we are and what we've done, what training we have, those things are coming. So that being said, from all of that span of coaching at all the different levels, what's something that you have kind of maybe seen as a consistency piece for, from a coaching perspective in terms of, Hey, these are things that we do that if you're a youth wrestling coach, 
or a youth basketball coach or whatever, like you can be doing just because we're a division one program doesn't mean that we're not doing X. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the walking through some of those things, uh, with the, and to establish a queue is one of the things I've done since coaching high school pretty consistently. And I've, I've developed other things, just learning from other people and, and that, that I've implemented more, but in terms of what I've done across the board, that'd probably be one. And, that, and that's sim- simply just kind of going through like, you know, your emotional states, um, you know, before your matches, like looking, looking out, like what happened before in, in a best performance. Right. And, and, and kind of walking through a kid's perceived best performance, I, you know, and it could be a win, it could be a loss. Right. But if they think that this is their best performance, like going back and like, all right, what what happened before that? You know, what were you thinking 30 minutes before? What were you thinking five minutes before when you're about ready to shake hands and, you know, walk on the mat and your names get called your 30 seconds before you wrestle? Like, what were you thinking? You know, um, and just walking through those different stages, you know, um, and what they actually experienced in their best performance. Right. What were they feeling? Were they nervous? Did they have butterflies in their stomach? Were they super ramped up, pumped up, you know? Um, kind of going through those different stages at, at each of those different time frames and really trying to get narrowed down onto the closest time frame, you know, of where they perform their best. You know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, they were thinking some positive things and, and that's an easier tie in. But if they weren't, well, um, and they were thinking about something totally different, well, maybe they're the type of kid that doesn't need to be thinking about all of the, you know, positions that he's supposed to do and, you know, how good he is and this and that. Maybe if he's thinking about, you know, um, a favorite TV show or if he's a guy that needs to be super loose before he's competing, maybe he needs to be joking around with a, with a uh, you know, a teammate before he steps out of the mat because it doesn't help him to think about the matches. And other kids, like, you want them rehearsing specifically the things that they do really well, like a highlight reel, Right. Um, you know, one of my favorite books is, uh, I don't know if you guys have, are familiar with it probably are, but, uh, it's called 10 minute toughness. And, um, it's a, it's a really good, just concrete, you know, um, example, you know, and, and giving those guys a highlight reel, there it is, man. That's, that's it. That's where it's at. So, you know, ultimately that's a, that's a really solid apple book that like just gives you some, some go-to things to use as an athlete, you know, when you are having those thoughts. And so I would say consistently, yeah, I've done the Q thing across the board, but that stuff that some of those concrete things out of 10 minute toughness, I found really helpful in the visualization practice. It's so short. It's so easy to do. Uh, I think athletes, you know, now want things maybe a little bit quicker, maybe the attention, our attention spans, you know, I keep hearing all these studies about how our, attention span keeps going down and down and down. And, you know, I don't know how much, you know, reality there is to that, but it, for, for, for me personally, when I'm working with an athlete, I'd like to have something quick and simplified and strong. Right. And, and that's a book that really helps guys kind of lay that out um, and really get into the heart of who they are and, and why they're doing what they're doing, but also showing them, you know, how they can perform, through a, a really strong positive uh, visualization exercise. Well, so I think you, Oh, go ahead, John. I know. I was just going to real quick. I think it highlights kind of what you said in terms of the relationship piece too. Right. And understanding yeah. 
each individual athlete and what they need. And I think that's something in coaching that has changed. I think back to all those football trips that I took where it was like, okay, silent bus, silent locker room. Don't be joking around, no music. And then sometimes it was really loud music, you know, and it's like, we've evolved to understand that people need different <laughs> things and right. it can't just be one blanket thing for, for everyone to use. And so I think that just highlighted kind of what you said is the most important thing is understanding your athletes and what they need. So go ahead, yeah. well, and, and that's going to trigger into what I was going to, was going to ask about it, is you are an incredibly driven human being. You, when we were coaching together, you were opening the wrestling room six days a week, um, six in the morning, some days getting in there to, to drill and to work with anybody that's going to show up. And I'd show up at practice cause I was coaching the middle school and you were at the high school. And so I'd come over afterwards and you'd be drenched in sweat. You were a five-year wrestler at, at Iowa. Am I right about that? Were you yep, five years right. at the university of Iowa for five years? Unfortunately, you didn't ever get a shot to really compete at the main level to try and be an all American. Cause there are guys in the room who are going to win national titles ahead of you. Yep. There aren't many people that are going to say, I'm going to sign, you know, we talk all the time at wrestling. Some of the, the best part about wrestling is getting your hand raised, right? Everything yep. else kind of sucks sometimes when it comes to wrestling, you spent five years in the toughest room in the country without ever really getting the opportunity to go out and prove your medal and get that hand raised. Like I said, you are an incredibly driven human being. You, you get to a place where like, I'm the, I'm a head coach at an awesome division three school at Whitewater. That's going out and competing for national titles. And you're like, Nope, I'm gonna go to army and take this chance to kind of go up and do the thing that I want to do. How do you connect with kids with athletes that maybe aren't as motivated as you are? Cause we say it all the time. You can't will your kid, your athlete to want it. You can't make yeah. them want it as bad as you do. And if you want it more than them, you're probably in trouble. You're a guy that wants whatever you're chasing in a big way. And I just know that about you because I've spent some time with you. Yeah. How do you relate to those kids that are like, yeah, I'm, I'm good at this and I enjoy it, but it's not my be all end all. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think again, the, the relating to them is different. You know, I, I am different than a lot of people. I'm not trying to be somebody else. Right. Yeah. And, and I, and I wouldn't want um, my athletes to be me either. Right. You know, I want them to be them. And so when you look at the relation side of thing, how do you relate to them? It's like, how do you connect really? Right. What, you know, what, what are you doing to connect and really establish that relationship where um, obviously you want every coach wants their, their athlete to be incredibly driven. It wants their athlete to be, um, take total ownership of their training, right. And their development, uh, be incredibly coachable, work really hard. You know, those are my favorite athletes, right. They always say, who's all oh, you want to be coaches, who's coaches favorite, right. Well, that's yeah. The favorite, favorite kids, the one that's doing everything right, you know, and, but the reality is, yeah, not everybody's as passionate about the sport of wrestling than I am. And I get that. And I don't, I don't need all my wrestlers to be as passionate as I am. I just need them to connect and say, this is something that's important to them. You know, this is something that's that, uh, that they want to pursue. And sometimes guys uh, may start out with not really knowing, you know, how important it is to them. Right. But when they experience, they start seeing the value of what they're doing. Um, it, it's a, their passion drives a little bit more, right. Their, their connection with you as a coach, 
exercise a little more because they're starting to see a little bit more about the value that you see in it. And so, you know, again, how do I connect with them? I would just say, yeah, continue to get to know them, you know, continue to work with them to um, find out what they want and um, make sure that they know that I care about them. And I want to see them pursue the things that they're, they're passionate about. And some guys, you know, when I was coaching high school, you know, some of our guys on our team, they were part of wrestling because it was going to help them in something else. You know, we had guys in the team that never in my high school room that never won a match. You know, they were, I mean, and from a wrestling setting, they were terrible, you know, in terms of performance wise, they just, they weren't very good, but they were great kids and they got a lot out of their experience with us and they brought value to our program It brought, brought value to just having a diverse background, right. Having something different bring into our team than, you know, the guy I mentioned before when Pat Smith, you know, who's made three world teams, like he brought a lot of value to our team in a lot of ways, but there was guys on our team that, that didn't win and still brought value to our team. And so it's uh, in the college realm, it's a little bit different because I'm recruiting athletes in, right. That, that want to be a part of that. So you're not, you don't have, it's not nearly as um, diverse in terms of ability levels as it was when I was pulling kids out of the hallway saying, Hey, you should try wrestling. Wrestling's going to save your life. You know, like, you know, those being able to have those type of conversations with kids. um, I'm not, I don't have those as much now at the college realm, right. I'm not trying to pull somebody, you know, my first division three experience, I did pull somebody out of class and say, you're going to wrestle for me, but, but, uh, but I don't have that anymore. Right. And so, um, the connection is a little bit stronger, you know, um, you can, uh, you can see a little bit by their, their habits, their practice, their lifestyle, the way they compete, watching them train, talking with their coaches, you know, finding out who they are off the mat. Um, you know, it turns out parents usually say pretty positive things about their kids. So, you know, sometimes you got to take that with a grain of salt a little bit, but, but you're looking into all that. Now I can kind of get a sense when I, when I have to establish that relationship and recruiting process, when they step into my campus, I know a lot more about them um, and where we're going to kind of go from there, but it's still, you know, that's a, it's a big transition in their life going from high school to college. And so really helping them through all that being away from home, right. Maybe girlfriends back at home, right. There's a lot of things like that, that you just, uh, you know, you take one day at a time and, and make sure that they know that you're there for them and you're, you're wanting to, to help them have a great experience and, and still find um, the meaning, you know, behind everything that they're doing and still connect with their why, their individual why's. So not everybody's going to be like me and I'm okay with that. And I'm sure they don't want not everybody else to be like me either. Um, but that's just a, yeah, the relationship game, which I think is, is really cool, man. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It, wrestling is such a cool sport and that you get people from all walks of life, man. There's so many people, you know, I was the first in my family to, to graduate college, you know, so you get a lot of first gen type of kids like that coming in that, you know, they don't know. And sometimes parents don't know what the college experience is like. And, and you have everything from the other side of things where you have some, you know, more elite, some, very well to do, you know, uh, parents have done very well successfully in their, in their careers and have plenty of money and they're sending their kids off to do something similar or something they believe in, in the college experience. And so that, uh, that variety that you get of athletes is, is a lot of fun to work with. It makes every day uh, a new challenge and something exciting. And, and it's great for the guys on the team, right? Cause they're just, 
they're getting exposed to so much, you know, in their experience. It's, it's a lot of fun. Another example of a good coach, ask him a question about himself and he makes it about his team and his guys. I love it, Ned. <laughs> so I want to go back to you though. So I was reading an article about you on flow wrestling, which I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a wrestler. Jamie and I joke about this all the time. I'm six, <laughs> six. I grew up playing basketball, whatever. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm reading this article about you when you took over um, at Bellarmine and it talked about kind of your nonlinear path. And I, I think of just zooming out and thinking about coaches in, in the sphere of coaching. It's, you know, a lot of people start out in high school or graduate assistants and they kind of just continue. And yours right. was a little bit all over the place, you know, start at a high level and then some division three stuff. And then you go to West Point and now you're taking over a program that's essentially brand new. You're the second coach there. Right. And so, yeah. but my question is about the nonlinear part of it. Cause I think that's a little bit who you are too, in terms of, I mean, your wrestling career at Iowa, right. That's a nonlinear, yeah. like Jamie talked about. And, yeah. and I think you already probably talked, talked, talked about some of the, the things that have gotten you through that and what helps you to be able to do that. But I think we as a society get so stuck on this is the way yeah. to do things to get, whether it's my job or my family or coaching. And then yeah. when it doesn't go that way, we quit, we give up, we say, Hey, Hey, we tried. Right. Yeah. So maybe talk a little bit about kind of your journey in that nonlinear path and how you continue to fight for the things that you ultimately want. Yeah. I think I just never, I've never wanted to, to be traditional in that. Like, this is something that didn't fit well with me. You've just, I mean, the reality is I, my first experience in um, uh, a wrestling camp was going to the Iowa wrestling camp and listening to Dan Gable talk. And I was like, gosh, this is, it just felt like this is everything I've been looking for in my entire life that I didn't know existed. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I was competitive growing up. You know, my brother used to beat the crap out of me, you know, I had cousins that were, you know, doing the same and we love sports and we do, you know, doing neighborhood sports all the time, all that stuff. And so I was exposed to a lot of things, a lot of roughhousing and, you know, just kind of craziness, but I was always thinking about the best people, right? I was thinking about Walter Payton, you know, like, gosh, I want, you know, I thought I was going to, when I was young, I thought I was going to be an NFL running back. That's just, you know, I wanted to be the best and that's kind of where I you know, thought that because I played football every day, that was what it was going to be. Right. And then I started this wrestling thing, started having some success. And I found out about Dan Gable and I found out about John Smith. Right. And started seeing some of these, the highest performers and wanting to aspire to, to their level a little bit. And, and so I've never thought that, Oh, Hey, I need to go, you know, I need to live this or work this nine to five in order to get here. Right. Or um, I need to just, just got to buy my time. You know, I got to be so many years here and then, then I can do this. You know, I really, I mean, I just, I, I don't think, um, I want to, I want to have other people's limitations of me, you know, put me in a box anywhere, you know? And so that's why I've been able to do the, you know, Hey, what I thought originally what I want to do is coach high school, you know, and, bring a national championship powerhouse team coach high school well, then things change I got experience at Augsburg and the first day in the room like I need to be coaching college like this is what I'm supposed to be doing right and so like God's just led me to different areas of my life to to expose me and think hey this is something that you can do 
Um, you know, when I was coaching at Whitewater, I remember going down to the Midlands tournament. I was so upset because we had a really strong national champion at Whitewater that should have been wrestling in the Midlands tournament, which was an elite level tournament. And they wouldn't let him in. And it just, it drove me nuts because we'd had other wrestlers in that weren't in the past that weren't near his level. I'm like, I need to go, I'm going to go down there. I just want to, I want to see that tournament being down on the floor and being like, I'm just feeling that this division one level of coaching, like this will be me at some point, you know, and I didn't set like, I have to have it at by this deadline or that deadline. But, you know, I start, I write goals and I, you know, it's a part of my routine is just writing down daily goals and, and having moments that uh, I cherish in, in the mornings to make sure that I'm setting my life up and the trajectory of what I'm doing on a daily basis to help me get to where I want to be. And that where I want to be changes every moment, right? When you're working with athletes, you know, they're going to, you have them write down their goals. And a lot of coaches do that, right? They set them down. Hey, here's, what's your performance goal? What's your process goal? What, you know, whatever it may be, you know, when you're working with a 13 year old and, you know, by the time they're 18, that's, there's going to be drastic changes, you know, and, and you want it to change. You want it to continue to evolve as they connect with themselves even more. And so that's just kind of been for me, I think that nonlinear path has been, oh, hey, this is the next best opportunity for me, you know, moving from an assistant or, uh, you know, assistant at Augsburg to now a division one head coach or division three head coach. That was the next opportunity. I'm taking it. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I just jumping in, we're moving to Ohio. Let's go, you know, Hey, we're a hundred thousand dollars, you know, under the, you know, whatever they call it, uh, underwater on our house. Well, I guess we're going to have to rent it out then, you know, like <laughs> it was like, you know, a 2008 crisis. I mean, my wife's like, what, you know, what are we going to do? You know, <laughs> like, can't sell our house. You know, everybody else around us is foreclosed. I'm like, well, we'll just, we'll rent it out. And we'll let's, and so that's what we did. We ran it out and we, moved to Ohio. And, and I'm so grateful. My wife has just been an absolute saint and, and allowed me to pursue my passion that hasn't held back and, you know, and, and said, Hey, this is what you need. And we've done that every step of the way. And so um, I'm going to continue to look for opportunities. And that's what brought me here to Bellarmine. You know, I had an opportunity to be a division one head coach. There's 77 of those in the country. That's it. Yeah. You know, and it's tough to get in. It's tough to be a division one head coach and to get in that, in that position. This is the spot that I feel like, Hey, I could do some winning. I can make an impact on kids' lives. And a lot of people probably didn't even put their name in the hat for this one. Cause they felt like there was some kind of restriction, you know, or it wasn't something for them that they felt was enough. And for me, I was like, I'm going to make it enough, you know, Hey, the funding's not quite what you want scholarship wise. Okay. Well, I'm going to find a way to make it happen. And, um, you know, and if I don't, if I fail, well, gosh, I fail, you know, you know, I've been pretty fortunate because of my work ethic that I haven't failed, you know, catastrophically, you know, you know, across the board, I failed, I fail every day, you know, on, on what I'm pursuing to do, but we're, you know, job wise, where I've just fallen on my face and, you know, who knows, this could be it. This could be the one where I totally, you know, fail, but I, I think not. I think it'll be something that, you know, as I continue to accept these challenges and, be grateful for what we have and keep building and, and, you know, build it the right way, the good things are going to happen. And so that next linear, you know, I don't know where that next nonlinear jump is going to be. Um, I just know right now I need to take care of business right here at Bellarmine. And if I do that, then who knows what's going to happen down the line, you know, um, 
you know, when my next job might offer me, you know, three, four times what I make right now, who knows, that might be, that might be something that's appetizing to me at the time, or it might be saying, you know what, I don't need that in my life. I'm loving where I'm at. I'm loving what I'm doing. And, um, I want to be at Bellarmine, you know? And so, so from that side of things, it's, it's just, uh, I think the mindset for me is I, I never feel like I have to take a traditional path into anything. And uh, I think anything I've tried to do that with, to be honest with you, it hasn't really worked real well. So um, I try to go a little bit outside the box. Well, it's, it's being able to understand yourself too, right? Understand yourself and be present in the moment. I love as you talk about that. It's like, I'm here right now. I'm going to do this thing. And that's kind of been you at every stage, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. I'm at Heidelberg. I'm going to be right here right now. Go and compete in this league. Like I'm going to, you know, a cadet national team. I'm going to take that on like whatever it might be. It's, it's, I'm going to do this because I know that this thing is me. You know, this thing is what's calling to me. And I loved how you said it. It It's like, this thing was pulling at me. I'm on the floor at Midlands and like, this has to be me and I'm going to go make it happen now. Right. Like you weren't thinking that when you went there, but you got there. It's like, now, now it's me. And I, now I'm going to go chase it. I love it. It's, it's so cool. Well, and I, what I was going to say is you said the non-traditional path just doesn't work for you. I would argue it doesn't work for anybody. Yeah. I, just, yeah. I think, I think we, we think that that is the path to things that we want, that we desire, whatever. And it does. Everybody's making way. it up, right? Everybody's yeah, making right. it up as they go along. Nobody <laughs> has it figured out. Right. And, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to leave you guys listeners with this. It, you know, Bellarmine wrestling right now, you guys are struggling because you're new. You're, you're wrestling good competition too. I see it in the schedule. I'm like, man, they, they didn't back down. And I like, I'm like, that's Ned for sure. We're, we're going to go, we're going to go to the scuffle. We're going to go and wrestle tough, tough squads. Right. But it's worth watching just because Ned is incredible to watch coach. Like you are moving with the guys, you're down on the mat with them. You're passionate. You're excited. You're there and you're invested. And it's so obvious, right? It's so obvious. And that is engaging. Right. And I can see why guys are going to come and wrestle for you and why you're going to do the things that you're going to do there and what you've been able to do wherever you've been, because that passion, that excitement, that whatever we call it, that love of what we do. And and this is what I leave the listener with. Do what you love and people are going to come with you. You're going to be able to lead people and influence people in an amazing way because that joy, that passion is going to spill out. Watch Ned coach and you will know this. And it's non-traditional because a lot of wrestling coaches just sit back, they're just sit there, and just do whatever. You are you're coaching from your toes all the time, and I love yep. it. And are you still coaching from your toes all the time? <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's um, uh, especially during that time, man. I was all over the place, and we were, man. It was pretty cool. We also had Mike Houck, you know, yeah, who was yeah. a world champ who worked with us and coached with us and who had coached the Olympic team for five years, you know, like we had a guy like that to get, and he was able to kind of like a couple of times be like, Hey man, let's, let's pull it back. Not because, not because he thought I was being too much, but because he was smart enough to see that the athlete that I was coaching at the time, and maybe I was being all over the place, didn't need that. And in fact, maybe that was slowing them down or mm-hmm. getting them to tense up and tighten up as opposed to feeling free, like they could go out and do whatever they want to do. And so, you know, there are athletes that, yeah, for sure, I think they need that and they feed off that energy and they love it. And there are other athletes that, yeah, I need to sit down and I need to, you know, I need to, hey, good job, you know, give them a couple claps and and just a couple words. And that's what they need to, to feel free. If I was, if I'm all over them and verbal and just 
full of energy and stuff from the corner, you know, sometimes that there's a particular athlete that that might tensen up a little bit. Right. Um, you know, I think a foundation, a lot of people have, you know, they're in college athletics, have a, a need to want to like, please the coach or please somebody. Right. And so you never want that to get in the way of them just being free to lay themselves out there to take risk and, to and, to wrestle with courage. And so, or, or to think that I'm judging their every step of the way. So they're, they're thinking about, did I do that correct? Did I, we don't want any of that. You know, we want, we want them to go out and just lay it out. And so there are some times now where I, I realize that a kid doesn't need that. And I need to, yeah, I need to sit down and shut up a little bit and, and, uh, and just stay over there for a smile and a couple of claps. And, and that's, that's probably what's best for them. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, we uh, appreciate you joining us and giving us awesome, good stuff today. Cause, cause we're growing, you know, and, and, that's the challenge for all of us is how do we continue to grow in that nonlinear path that John talked about that you talked about, like that might be our only way to yeah. grow. So embrace it and go forward. Thanks, man. Love catching up. Uh, hopefully we can, we can stay in contact from here on out. That's right, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity to talk with you guys. I'm yeah, excited what you guys are doing and uh, keep it rolling, man. Appreciate it. Jamie, you've been ruminating. You just said that to me. You've been ruminating on this conversation with Ned and a ton of takeaways. And I don't know that we need to say a bunch in terms of, you know, we can certainly share our perspectives, but there's a ton in there for you as a listener to, to pull and glean from what Ned said in our conversation. Yeah. And to me, the biggest one was really kind of there at the end, you know, and, and he talks about being a man of faith and and we clearly have that perspective as well, being our experience collegiately and in our personal lives. And, and this idea of freedom is, is our job as coaches, right? We spend all this time preparing our athletes, spending time thinking about how are we going to do X, Y, and Z? What's the technique? What's the skill? What's the development process? Like, how do we, how do we build it from, elementary to high school to college to whatever we talk about all this stuff all the time and then we get in the way when it comes time to execute because we don't have the relationship we don't have the connection we don't have the thing that triggers freedom and as ned was talking there and he and he said that word freedom it was the thing that kept coming back to me in the conversation and he hit it and i was like yes that is it our job is coaches is to free our athletes to perform at their best and we don't always do that terribly well. Yeah, I, I had two things. And I, that certainly was one of them. But another one for me, he, and he said this and we kind of glossed over it and uh, didn't, didn't dive into it any further. But it was accept the challenge and be grateful for where you are. Like, it's like, whoa, kind of just hit me. And then we moved on. And it's like, man, how important is that for us? to when opportunities present. And I think he was talking about all the opportunities that he has and whatever the next one, he's going to be great. You know, it's going to be cool. And he's going to pursue it like crazy. And it's like, accept the challenge and be grateful for what you have right now. But the, the biggest thing for me, and this goes back to even before we had the conversation, Jamie and you and I were talking and I said, Hey, there's this nonlinear piece. Mm -hmm. And I think for me personally, I go, I get caught up in the, well, this is the path for 
being a, you know, sports performance coach with teams and individual athletes. Yes. I have the mental health background, but there's a part of me, even as a, with a coach and an athlete in me that has that imposter saying, Hey, no, no, you didn't do this route. You didn't Mm -hmm. do the master's program. You didn't do this X, Y, and Z. And that was the part for me that challenged me was just like, you don't have to go be you right. And figure out a way and, and continue to seek the opportunities accept the challenge that's in front of you. And certainly there have been times where I wasn't willing to accept the challenge. Right. And then I miss opportunities. Yeah, no, I, that's incredible wisdom, you know, is, is what thing do we put in our own way? Right. I mean, like that's the freedom thing too. We, we put up roadblocks on purpose because we're not, we don't feel capable or confident. Well, if we're putting up those roadblocks for ourselves, if we're leading other people, are we doing it for them? Are we giving them the confidence, the courage, the competency, you know, go back. We reposted Rob's episode last week, like confidence and competence right. go hand in hand. Are we giving them those things to go and execute with freedom, you know? And then obviously from Ned's perspective and ours, like when you tie that to faith, the freedom is just much greater. You have the, the capacity to say, well, this, this outcome really doesn't matter that much. Um, I got this other thing that's, that's way more important and I'm going to serve that. And, and so I just, I, again, I incredibly grateful to Ned we've had a, a longstanding relationship. I learned a ton from him, you know, watching even kind of from afar and, and really excited for this journey that, that Bellerman's on to, and he said it when we were done, he's like, I don't know how long it's going to take us. And I don't know what the journey is going to look like, but we're going to get there. You know what I mean? We're going to get there. We're going to do this thing the right way. And I believe him. You know what yeah. I mean? I believe them. So we, I think we can all use a little bit more of that. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know what it's going to take, but we're going to get there, right? Whatever it is for you. So appreciate you listening and joining us and being on this journey of getting better every day, figuring out what it means to continually live eyes up. Jamie, I appreciate you. And as always, live eyes up.